You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Nat, brought to you by OTS. I am your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. I am back, guys, from the Bay. I was just there to, to watch the Warriors. Got two, two wins, so I'm excited about that. But I'm even more excited about my guest who is joining me today, Mr. Sean Alcide. He is a journalist. He's also a host of the Destined for Greatness podcast. And most recently, he's joined um, the Buzzer team, or he will be creating some content for Buzzer, rather. And I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that himself and tell you where you can find him. But definitely give Sean a follow. He's a good guy, even though he's a Lakers fan. We're not going to be talking about the Lakers today, though. But um, he's definitely a great guy and um, really someone who I consider an ally. You know, women in this... um, area we need men who support us like Sean and he's definitely one for me so I really appreciate you coming to coming on today taking the time to speak with me and we're going to talk about the wolves and and the nets because the warriors will be matching up with them and Sean just recently had a had a visit to go to go cover them so yeah I'm Sean thank you thank you listen um, I always tell you Nat is a legend so to be up to be up here Anybody who has a hive on Twitter, the amount of people that have come at my neck on behalf of oh my god, the discourse me and Nat have had is mind-boggling. So these are not nice things that you're saying about me. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I've never not said a nice thing about you. It's the team. I've said something about the Warriors, and Nat will disagree, and then everybody just the hive just swarms in together. And I'm just like, what did I get myself into? So that's not <laughs> intentional. I hope you know that. Like I've never I know. I know. That's that's what makes it even more legendary that you don't gotta call them. They just pull up. They know what time it is. So it's a, it's an honor to be here on the Matt podcast. Oh. I you telling me about this idea before you launched. And I was like, yo, do it. Like you have a voice, people listen to you, you know what you're talking about. You're an avid, avid, avid watcher. Made too much sense to not do this. So, this is dope. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, you shared some exciting news the other day, and I just want to like talk about that a little bit because I'm really happy and excited for you. What are you going to be doing for Buzzer? 
So um, the concept, it's really funny. Um, I cover, um, amongst the things that I cover out here, particularly in Connecticut, I cover this Danbury High School and Danbury basketball um, team, football and basketball. Um, so when it just kind of happened, some players um, made some big plays during the football season, like, and I'm on the field and I would walk up to them while I'm filming, you know, some of the shots. And I'm like, Yo, you're out of your mind right now, man. Like you're, you're playing on another level. And I did it once naturally, right. Organically. And then it happened again. Um, and then players started to say to me when they see me, like, yo, you're out of your mind. That's fire. That's dope. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize like it was a thing. So I started doing it while breaking down film of NBA, NFL, whatever it may be. Um, and I would post them on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I yeah. just recently got TikTok. Like my students talked me into TikTok like a month ago. So I recently got on TikTok and started. I'm still posting. trying to do TikTok. It's, it's rough for us, right? It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> I was like, I had enough social. Twitter's all I really need, to be honest. But I was like, TikTok, whatever. Um, and Jasmine Watkins, who is just really, really dope. And, and One of my sorors. Shout out to Jazz. She's the bomb. Her and I connected. Um, <laughs> about you know doing some content for tiktok on tiktok for buzzer um and my segment you out of your mind would be what um buzzer would specifically want to use on their platform and i said let's do it so um and you know as of officially yeah about a week ago everything was official and we um we're now i'm creating content basketball for the most part but whatever really is crazy going on break down the film in the most Sean way possible um, with a player who made something ridiculously amazing happen or a team who did something ridiculously amazing happen. So that's what Very I'm doing. Very dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I actually find most impressive about you, that's my favorite thing. And of course, Sean is a dope content creator. I only have those on my show. You guys know that. But um you also um, are an educator or you work in, in education. And I just always find that to be incredibly um, powerful as a black man, you know? And so I know like, we're not here to talk about that, but I just like wanted to shout you out for that and give you your flowers. Cause like, to me, that's incredible work that I wish more people could and would do. Um, and I know you have a love for it, but you also have a love for content creation. So um, Sean is just really great with his students. Like he's always like posting videos and things about them and it's incredible. I find it really inspiring. So I just want to say thank you for that and like give you your flowers. Thank you. Listen, um, that first of all, I appreciate, you know, that, that love, that means a lot. Um, my ESL teacher in third grade changed my life. Um, I'm not from here for anybody who doesn't know. I was born in Haiti, born and partially raised. And then I came here when I was like eight, nine years old, had to learn the climate, you know, America, the language, you know, and in school. Um, my ESL teacher was the greatest person I had ever met with how much time she dedicated to teaching me the English language, which is why I'm like now obsessed with the language. Like I'm a grammar police. Oh, Lord. Not speaking English <laughs> and having an accent. Now I'm like, I got to master this thing so that I never get teased for speaking ill, you know, again. And so for me, that experience was like, I want to be that for, you know, other kids, you know, and I teach in inner city schools. I'm a chartered school teacher. 
So the kids who I'm teaching predominantly look like me. So for me, it means Amazing. You know, even more to yes. know that I can have that impact on other kids. So absolutely, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I hope you're not too annoying with the grammar. I um, used to talk <laughs> to this journalist and, um, you know, I'm a lawyer. So I consider myself someone who, I mean, knows how to write and speak well. Um, but you know, there's just times like, you know, you're chilling or whatever, you know, and he was just like, always correcting grammar. I used to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you're mad annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I think, I think there's context that you, it's different. If we're chilling, nobody's checking for grammar. It's like, literally, if it's supposed to be correct and you're just not either catching it, then it's not like, it's not, if we're right. at a barbecue or something, I'm not checking for that's. That's not necessary. I think it'd be kind of like one of those things, like, but I know that you know, like, the proper way to do this because, you know, right, so why right. aren't you? Because I'm chilling. That's why. Right, right. I'm off the clock. I'm off the clock right now. I'm chilling. <laughs> so, what um, brought you now? Were you in Minnesota? Is that where you were covering the game? You went out oh, to? Go ahead. I'll let you finish it because you just brought me. You brought me back. Um, we were not in Minnesota. Um, my homegirl and I, Camille, who works for the Nets, um, um, she had met someone who works for the Timberwolves. Um, and they, um, through, you know, corporate, how corporate works, front offices, um, they, they talked to one another and things of that nature. And um, she was going out to Minnesota because, well, she was invited to Minnesota. Um, and she's like, yo, Sean, I have a really dope opportunity. Um, if you'd like, if you want to come, you know, it could be a great, you know, trip, great opportunity. You get to talk to some people, shake some hands. So they ended up hosting us, um, that entire, you know, trip where, you know, we got a tour of the facility, the front off, like everything behind the scenes, like from, you know, sales to vice president to, you know, club court courtside seats and all that other stuff so it was so just sort like, of random it wasn't like a plan ran, right for me it was random for her it was like it's along the lines of her work she works for the nets she used to work for the WNBA, and he works for the timberwolves so it, like for them it was very like all right this is just kind of like business as usual this is how it right. works in the corporate world i guess in the nba but for me it was really random she just brought it up and i was like heck yeah like why not so we we flew out there and um we got it you know we got a chance to be to get some amazing amazing you know opportunities talking to different people um bumped into alex rodriguez and, at dinner a couple of times in the thing because you know he's part owner now. yeah did you like have any like meaningful conversations with him or was it no just... not really okay. alex rodriguez had so many people just in and out of his grill all day sure. i did not want to be one of those people so I was just kind of like, I was really there, like, just, you know, trying to learn as much on the possible seeing the behind the scenes stuff um, with how that organization works. So I'm like watching the players. I spent a lot of time around the players, you know, checked in with a couple of them and things of that nature. So I think that for me was mostly what I, what I was focused on. And then obviously, you know, being able to, to cover that game and, you know, take some shots and, and things like that. That was, that was really what I cared about to be, to be quite honest. So any interesting tidbits from the players that you can I like share? Um, <laughs> I could share, I would say, 
just watching them up close, I, I was talking to my man, Zach. Shout out to Zach. He lives in Minnesota as well. Zach Noble. Um, they have a really promising young core. I think they, like, they have a lot of talent in the young core that could become something. It's like in Minnesota. Warriors, pre-Warriors, but they have like Ant Edwards, who is an absolute stud. You know, but I feel like this is what we've been saying about the Wolves for years, right? Like the young, core, the young core, the young core. Ant feels a little different, though. I, I'll give it to him. He Ant, Ant is, that's what I'm saying. They, he, they haven't had the Ant Edwards. They've had the Carl Towns. You know, they've had D'Lo for a couple of years now. Even though him and Cat seems like they're never really there together because they're often injured. Like whether it's D'Lo or Cat or right. whatever it is. Um, but they haven't had an Ant. Ant could become one of those elite players and like be that guy that could, you know, help that team break, you know, the never making the playoffs to get in the first round. And then from there, keep building. Maybe they get a couple free agents to come there and become Didn't he just have, like, an insane stat line with, like, no assists, but, like, crazy high points total? I'm going to look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was something insane. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, and the people there, they, they love Ant. Every time he touches the ball, everyone's, like, standing on their feet thinking he's going to do something amazing. And I didn't realize um, before this season how, like, he shoots the ball fairly well. Like, he's a confident, like, shooting the ball, he's pretty confident. I know coming out of college, they used to say he was a slasher. He was more, like, into the basket. Yeah. This guy's knocking down shots, and he's shooting them pretty confidently. So that's, I think, the He drops 40. Drop 40 with zero assists. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) That sounds about right. This sounds about right. I love Ant, though. Like, he's great. I mean, his personality, his interviews, mm-hmm. everything. So, yeah, I mean, I would love that for him and for them. Um, you know, you always like to see when an organization can turn it around. Um, for the players, I don't care so much about ownership, but, you yeah. know, for the players. Um, so that would be really dope. But I just feel like the Wolves are like, because, I mean, at one time, and I get it that, like, Andrew Wiggins maybe didn't turn out the way people thought he was going to be, although he's thriving right now on Golden State. But, you know, they had a time where they had, you know, Wiggs, they had Carl Towns, they had Zach, you know. And sometimes you think about like, yo, they really gave up Zach Levine and he's just like flourishing, you know, in Chicago. So I just feel like, I don't know if it was the coaching situation, if it's like, I mean, a lot of it's the org. We understand that. But, you know, I just feel like for the Wolves, it's always like, you got this young core and it could be this young core, this young core. And then, you know, just nothing ever happens with them. It's very interesting that, and I'm, this is like, well, I, this is the first time I'm, I'm saying this to anybody. I don't know what this is going to, I hope this doesn't get me in trouble or anything, but <laughs> people inside the organization, you talk about coaching, Spoke to some people. Tibbs was not very liked within the organization from players, really, an office folk. So it ended sour in Minnesota. I know that, but now that how many years was he there? A few, not that long. I think he left shortly after Jimmy left. After Jimmy got traded, you know, Jimmy still likes him. That's like the only person, right? Because they had their relationship from Chicago, right? Yeah, I mean, he has a he has a reputation, right, for how he runs his players and I mm-hmm. you know I don't know what he's like as a personality outside of that but he definitely has a rap very very different from what I heard it was just very like include like exclusive he didn't really like letting people in as much even people who were part of the organization 
in terms of like practices and things of that nature. So it was very like, I was like, what? I mean, I, I wasn't surprised, but I'm like, it went to that extreme. Um, so it's funny that you, you bring up coaching because I'm like, maybe that had a lot to do with why a lot of the guys are no longer there. You know, that's right. not, it's not a very conducive culture. Well, I mean, on some level, I mean, that was a similar situation in Golden State, right? Like Mark Jackson before Kerr came. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't like hate on Mark the way a lot of people do, but that was part of it, right? Like he was like really secretive. He didn't want to let you know, the Golden State brats wanted to be a little bit more involved and have knowledge of things. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, not as my shit. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Essentially. So how much do you think, as a Warriors fan, I know you're, <laughs> go hard for your Warriors. Mm -hmm. How much do you think Mark actually has to do or not have to do with the Warriors, the current Warriors? Because a lot of people were like, Yo, that's his team. And some people were like, no, Mark didn't do that. Like they couldn't do nothing with Mark. Yeah, you know, I think the answer lies somewhere in the middle. And I and I, it's funny because where people come down on this sometimes I think has to do a little bit with race because mm -hmm. they kind of feel like he was a black man and he got his team taken away from him and wasn't treated fairly. Um, you know, and Warriors fans will tell you, many of them, not me, but they'll just talk about like just a lot of the stuff that he did, you know, like the recording of conversations and you know some people thought he was a little cuckoo right like I mean when Steph had got hurt and he brought him to his church to have them like pray and you know it's like one of those kind of churches so even for Steph was kind of like what like what's happening <laughs> you know like they're laying hands on him stuff like that. that I didn't know that yeah um so and he like he had like some issues like within his coaching staff so um and then I think there was also the idea that he maybe didn't also bring in the best people like they were kind of like we're empowering you like we want you to get the best coaches and mm -hmm. you may not necessarily have the best coaches and he just he really didn't mesh well with like the ownership and the, and the team over there so um so that's one side of it, right? There's, that's one perspective. And then there's the perspective, you know, a lot of times when I assess things in the NBA and some people don't like this because they're like, you can't compare them. But I, I do like the, the, the running of a team is like corporate America. It's no different to business. And like, these are like, you know, for the Warriors, they're white venture capitalists. Like, like I've worked in that world, like to be one of those kind of people, you're a certain personality, you know? And to be black and when you work in like structures like that, you do often feel like your job is always on the line, like you can't trust people. Sometimes if you think it's in jeopardy, you might get like a little paranoid. So I can understand, honestly, him recording conversations to protect himself. I see that all the time as an employment lawyer. That's not crazy to me. So when I hear people describe him as like this I don't really like that, you mm -hmm. know, um, I'm not saying that everything he did was perfect, but I don't really like that. So um, I think that um, Mark Jackson was critical, though, for two things. One, he kind of set like their defensive identity, right? You know, I mean, some of the principles may have changed a little bit, but just to be a team that buys into defense first and plays defense, and he laid the framework for that. And I mean, Kerr does give him credit for that. But what I really think was huge for him is I think he was probably really big in instilling confidence in like Steph and Clay. And I mean, they both 
obviously have confidence in their shooting ability but he was like the first to go on record and be like they're the best you know um shooting backcourt of all time which in my opinion now is just like a qualifier because it's just like they're one of the top backcourts of all time right they're in the Mm -hmm. conversation for 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 best and um when he said that though people were like what you know like oh you're crazy like you're just and he's like nah man I'm telling you and I think he like you know Mark Jackson's old school you know he played for like you know the Knicks squad like he played for some of those teams you know and so I think like that like nah like you're the shit kind of mentality like a dog like putting that in them I think that that was really good for them and I mean if people remember initially like Steph didn't necessarily want him gone he liked Mark so Mm um you know it, it it was it's unfortunate in that I just don't like the way that he was painted I do think probably some of his offensive philosophies were a little outdated but you know I'm someone who's pretty critical of Kerr you follow me so you, you probably <laughs> see the tweets and some people think that's not fair And it's a thing I have with coaches in general, right? I mean, it was kind of like the Belichick Brady thing, but it's just like when they're winning, they're playing good. All the credit is given to the coach. When they're Mm -hmm. not playing well or something happens, people are just like, the coach can't go out there and do it. Well, then what the hell? What can we criticize the coach for? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Um, And so with Kerr, you know, people sometimes forget, like Kerr had the chance to go to New York (laughs) or to go to the with Phil, right. his guy. Now, I, I tend to think if he would have went to New York, he'd be back on TV in the media, right? Sure, like, sure. and he wouldn't be being praised like this now, right? Now, so my point is that, like, how we perceive him was based on the situation that he went to, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's a little misguided when people are just like, they won the championship. And with Mark, they weren't, like... <laughs> It, it just ignores so much. It ignores the fact that like Steph was about to be hitting his prime, right? Mm-hmm. Which like he was hitting that age where like people peak. He had just made the all-star. He had right. that 50 point game in Madison Square Garden that put him on the map. Like Steph was going to be great regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So he was going to like reach that. Um, and I think what Steve Kerr came into is he put in a system which he based off of like what Steph did in college. So that's the context for where it came from. But he put in a system that helped, like, make the others better, right? Like, to elevate the others. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think he should get credit for that. But I think it just, like I said, it overlooks so much. And, like, these guys were going to get better. They were reaching their primes, you know? And so just to suggest that, like, Mark Jackson, like, that they wouldn't have went further than the first round, I think that's disingenuous. I think that's a way to, like, try to make him look bad so like I said I think the answer lies somewhere in the middle I think he was important like for the original iteration and you know Steve Kerr is here now and he's done some great things I also think he's a little overcredited for some things you know and I think Kerr is probably an above average coach Mm. arguably good and that's it I wouldn't go further than that I don't consider him great I don't um I don't think he's an X's and O's coach. I don't think that he's great at um, in-game adjustments. I think he's pretty like rigid in his views and beliefs. Um, 
you know, what he's, what he's often credited for is like managing personalities, you know, um, that doesn't move me as a coach. Like I understand like with stars, you have to be able to do that. But like, I mean, I don't even think Katie was a big fan of her. So I don't know how well he really was at managing personalities, you know, like, I think it's pretty easy for anyone to manage Steph, to be honest. Like, Kerr's job is made easier because of Steph's personality, because he sets the tone, right? Sort of like Tim Duncan, right? Like, Pop could be the way he is because Tim Duncan was okay with it. If Tim Duncan wasn't okay, Pop's coaching style wouldn't work because it started with Tim, right? So it's the same thing. Like, Steph is a very amenable person. So a lot of the stuff that Kerr can get away with I don't think it would work with other stars. It certainly didn't work with Kevin. And so, you know, that's why I said sometimes I think he's a little like overcredited and praised. Like, I think it's, it has a lot more to do with Steph than it does with, with Kerr. And that's my opinion. Yeah. Can't, can't argue that much. That was definitely a lot of nuance, which people usually leave outside of this conversation. <laughs> um, because it's And like, you can't get into on Twitter. Uh, yeah, no, you don't go all day and people are just going to start getting mad and saying, well, you're an idiot. I'm like, okay, I don't have time for all that. Like, once you start going, name calling, all right, I'm out. I don't got time for that. Idiot, that's so mild. That's a good day for me when they just call me an idiot. Mind bothered. I don't know how y'all do it. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you seeing? Because we're about to play. The Warriors are about to play um, the Minnesota Timberwolves and then the Nets, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much you've been keeping up with the Warriors season so far, but like, I'm sure, you know, we have some injuries, but the biggest storyline is like Steph and this shooting slump of his and, you know, people have like all their theories. I'm curious, like, do you have any thoughts on it? So, (laughs) um, I don't, I, I don't, Steph, I think anytime you're as, you know, as a high volume shooter like Steph, you're going to go through slumps. I think it is magnified because it is Steph. Um, and yes, it's real. It's not like he's not really slumping. He has not shot well. Somebody the other day posted a graphic that said Steph's shooting numbers look like tour dates. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Like, but I'm, I mean, I'm not worried about this. We know the Warriors are going to be fine, the team's going to be fine. Um, there's no concern as far as Steph. He's going to, he might pop out the next game and hit 50, right? That's the kind of player Steph is. He can just snap out of it just like that. Similar to Clay a couple of years back. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. They went through slump. a slump. And I think it was in the playoffs too. And people were like, yo, no, nah, yo, Clay's, does he not have it? Clay was like, yo, like, I'm going to turn it around. And then he turned around the next game and went crazy. So yeah. I don't think for, for shooters who are like master shooters like Steph, you're going to miss. You can't make every shot. And sometimes it's going to be over magnified because they start to look at the data over the course of, you know, games or even a week or so. But we know what Steph, we know know what Steph is. I'm not worried about that. As if I was a Warriors fan, I wouldn't be concerned about that. You, you think that would be the case, but they are the most concerned, you know, Um, I listen to people outside the fan base are just like, ah, you know, whatever, it's Steph, you know, he'll be fine. And that is how I feel. I mean, I I understand the, I understand people are a little bit more concerned than normal because it's it's extended. Like he's had slumps before. Um, 
maybe a week or two. This is like, you know, now going on like a month and a half. So it's extended with some good games mixed in there. But like, right. he just hasn't, he hasn't been consistently shooting at the level he does. And he's been pretty inefficient. Um, and I think there's different things that contribute to it. But honestly, I'm not trying to overanalyze it because like you said, he's Steph and he's always been somewhat of a, of a, of a high variance player anyway, because he takes threes a lot and he's, you know, a volume shooter. But um, I, I still think like people, like, are you really trying to tell the guy who's best at shooting the basketball, like, like what he needs to do to improve? Like, do, do you think that he won't be able to figure this out? So I find it all a little bit interesting, but there are people who think like he's in decline and this is the beginning. And I'm curious this what you season? think about that. He's in decline mid-season after breaking the all-time record. What is going on? <laughs> that, that's what I'm just like, guys, if he didn't have, like, he was player of the month. <laughs> like, he was for the MVP for, like, the first two and a half months of the <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, I was just like, so I don't, declines don't work like that. And declines also don't work like, like, because you're missing shots, that's not a decline in, in itself. It's why you're missing stuff. So, like, if if he couldn't, create separation still if he couldn't get to his spots right. if he if his like he didn't have that first step anymore no burst that's when you start to say okay you're starting to see the signs none of that's true like there's this crazy stat but like when you look at his shots he's literally missing the wide open ones like the ones that are contested he's shooting great percentages yeah, it's his wide open shots and so it's like that's not anyone doing that. That's him. You know, on some level, it's probably a little mental at this point. And mm -hmm. even the greatest can kind of get into their Absolutely. own head. Absolutely. But um, I just think the like, you know, and, and in a way, I think it's a little unfair because they're basically comparing him to himself. So they're saying like, you've been this great before. So since you're not doing that now, you're bad. They're not comparing him against like the field. Like yeah. if Damian Lillard or Russ Westbrook was just basically putting up these numbers, they'd be praised. Yeah. Like right. I think last night versus uh, who did they play? I was just there and I'm already forgetting. Oh, <laughs> Dallas, right? He had like a stat line that was something like 18, nine and nine or 18, nine. It's like something like that, right? Those numbers. I'm like, Chris Paul gets praised for that kind of stat yeah. line all the fucking time. But yeah. Steph, oh yeah, you know, like it was an issue to people. The Warriors have lost 13 games. They are in the second seed and people were freaking out. I, I promise you, Sean. Listen, I'm not, I, I see it, right? Um, Shelly, no, Chanelli, I'm sorry. Chanelli, yeah, Chanelli, my Jamaican who, sister. <laughs> I love watching you guys tweet Warrior games because it's fun. It's like, you guys are so into this thing. And I'm like, and I'm laughing sometimes. I, sometimes I want to reply, but I'm like, nope, I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no smoke. But like, I'm seeing these retweets and I'm like, I did not know Warriors Twitter was this way. Like, they're so paranoid. I'm like, for a team that's doing so well, you know, who has a team, you know, we're excited about Clay coming back, which I, I'm kind of going to pivot to in a second. Why are they worried about Steph and his shooting numbers? That's all that's going to come and go. It's going to go. Um, what I will ask you, though, are you concerned about anything with Clay? Um, him with that knee? Um, I heard he was he had like so, was it soreness? In yeah, he played out? last night. He didn't play on. Um, he didn't play the Utah game. That was Sunday. 
So that was unexpected. Okay. We didn't know. And then he played last night. And yesterday was his best game. It was his, uh-huh. his most complete game. So um, my my worry about Clay is not really the knee. Like, if you have a surgically repaired knee and you haven't played for two years, I think you're going to experience some soreness. That's not right. – um, that wasn't alarming to me. What was slightly concerning, and, and not like a big concern, but what was slightly concerning for me was – what he was doing when he first got back um and I was giving him a little bit of leeway because he was pressing a lot wasn't playing within the flow of the offense Clay's never been a big passer but he was just like if he if he got the rock he was shooting it like there was no (laughs) you know and I gotta make up for lost time and I get it you I mean right now his usage for the minutes he plays is like the highest among like any player right Mm -hmm. like everything with him so which is fine because like you need clay to get back into rhythm you do but it it just it at some points it was hurting them like you could watch it like there were some bad possessions they were wasted and um you know it just like there were times he definitely should have passed or it wasn't Mm -hmm. like the best shot or he was just doing things that's not in his normal repertoire, like putting the ball on the floor to like go create, like that's not clear. He was, he was doing crossover step backs and all. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that extreme, but he was just he was just trying to like isolate and do a little bit too much. So, um, the reason it concerned me was mostly because Clay is the number two option, yes, and you need him to be in rhythm going into the postseason. But Andrew and um are still really important right like you cannot get clay like where he needs to be at the expense of costing them where they've been right so it's like a delicate dance right and I wouldn't want to be the person who has to deal with that but you really can't because at the end of the day you do need Andrew you need his 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 18 to 20 points, what he's going to give you. Um, he's going to still play defense, but like, this is the most engaged he's ever been, right? He says, I've never been this open before. You have Kevin Garnett talking about like, it's the environment, it's there in Golden State, right? He's obviously maybe a player that needs to be put in position, right? To kind of be engaged. So you don't want him to like become unengaged, right? Like you, you don't right. want that to happen. Right. And then with Poole, like Poole is the second best shot creator on the team after Steph. He's the only other person who can like put pressure really on the well, not the only person who can put pressure on the rim, but like he's the only other shot creator. And so like you need Poole too. <laughs> you need him too. And so it, it did seem like when Clay came back, they were struggling um to play next to him. And it's new for both of them. So that's to be expected. But I just was wondering, like, how long of a leash they were going to give Clay. I don't know if someone talked to him or he just figured it out, but he was great <laughs> yesterday. I mean, he said he was doing Magic Johnson passes, and he really was. Like, it's the mm-hmm. most plays ever passed. But I, I, I didn't really care about the passing. It's just, like, the shots look good. There were a couple of times he pressed, but for the most part, it was within the flow of the offense. Oh, so, yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the so we played the, the the Timberwolves first. I think that game is tomorrow, actually. So what what are your thoughts on the Timberwolves so far? I mean, we talked about it a little bit in terms of them like possibly having something going on there, but like, what do you think about them as a team so far this year? So um, they're you know a game above 
500 at 24 yep. and 23. Um, I think a lot of that, I think the reason why they're not better is because Velo has missed some time and Cat has missed some time. I think they're a better team than is on paper. I was talking to a couple of people on Twitter the other night. I'm like, yo, the Wolves beating the Nets without Kevin Durant was not like a big upset because reports came out that James Harden is no longer happy. Somebody made a joke say, see what happens when you lose to the Timberwolves. I'm like, Timberwolves are a pretty good team. Like yeah. beyond those main three guys that we talked about, they have some good depth. They have, you know, Malik Beasley coming off the bench. They have, yo, I mean, he doesn't come off the bench, but he's a part People of that. People are talking like them, like they're still the, like they're the Kings or something, but they're not. They're a better team. Right. They're not. They're not a bad team. They have some really good players. You got um the big man. I forgot his name. Who comes off the bench and he like he got like ten offensive rebounds the other night. And I'm like, yo, this dude's a beast. He's running the court full speed. Somebody grabs him. He's still going up, finishing for the N one. So I think the Timberwolves have very very good um young core surrounded with some nice veterans sprinkled in there they got pat bev you know who we know what pat bev is gonna bring i know nobody likes pat bev but pat bev is gonna be pat bev they they're they i think they can make a push for that you know that playoff seed between the eight to ten range and who knows what could happen but um i don't think the timberwolves are a bad team and i think if the warriors um, go in there. Is it at home? Do you know, or is it in, in Minnesota? No, it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna be in Golden State. And we lost. We won the first one against them, which was a close game. Right. I think everyone played in that game. I'm trying to remember, but it was close. And Ant put up like 48 or 49, even yeah. though we won that game. The right. last game they got blown out. Um, Draymond and I don't think Steph. Neither one of them played that game. Right. So, um. You know, it'll be interesting. You know, Andrew Wiggins seems to like to go off on his old team. He put a couple of posters on Cat in that, that first yeah. game. Talk, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they're definitely good. When you say that, like, so like I think their record probably would be better if they didn't deal with some injuries. I don't know that they would really be a higher seed, though. You think? I mean. Are they a better team? I don't think they would be top four. So are are they oh, a no, better team no. than Dallas or Denver, who are the five and six right now? No, I wouldn't say better than Dallas or Denver. I think, I don't think, no. I think they're right where they're supposed to be as far as seeding. I but think their record Mike would be a little, a little better. The, right. Their record might be better. Um, but I think as constructed, they're a potential eight to a, a 10 seed that could go into the play-in. And I think they could win that you know, that play-in game and get into the AC. So, again, because they have guys who can go off. We know what Cat is. He's a proven all-star. Um, we don't think he is, you know, what he says he is as far as the best big man shooting um, <laughs> center of all time. I dis- I strongly disagree That's with that. That's a little delusional, but I feel like because <laughs> of all he's been through, I won't go hard on him. Right. I, I, I like Cat a lot. I just I don't really think that take is a great take. Um, but they got guys like Anthony Edwards who looks like he lives for that moment. Like, again, he's in the arena. I'm watching him very closely. Every time he touches the rock, everybody's like on their feet, like expecting him to do something crazy, whether it's a crazy move or catching a body, you know, going into the paint because we know he's like that. Um, and then they have, you know, the, the young, the young vet, they, they got um, Malik Beasley. They got now the, the the small forward who plays great defense he actually spent a lot of time on Kyrie in the second half when Kyrie started Jalen 
Jalen Nowell, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah. N-O-W-E-L-L. Um, they have they have a, a decent team, man. I just think, again, because they are in a conference where, you know, we're talking about a fifth seed potentially being Dallas or Denver, and the Lakers were starting to get healthy, not to talk about them. You think the Lakers will pass them or overtake them? I know we're not going to talk about the Lakers, but do you think the Lakers are going to get out of the play-in spot? Yes. Okay. Maybe maybe that that optimism is me being a fan and saying we cannot we cannot go home in the playing game. We have yes, I think so. I don't think any other. I don't know that. I'm not saying that they would lose, but do you think that they're going to finish the season not in a playing spot, like six or higher? Yeah, I think they will. Okay, I think they will. I think they'll turn it around um, just enough because right now they're in the eighth seed and they're only like a game and a half out. Um, of you know Denver in that sixth spot, right? So I think I think they will. I don't think they're again. Minnesota's was in front of them, and Denver. Man, that's tough. Now that you said it, Dallas, Utah, Memphis, Golden State, and Phoenix. Those are Denver's going to be getting a guy back too. But they were Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. And the seven to ten is that is that playing seed, right? Yep. Oh man, they got. Well, they got to get to work. If they're going to do it, they're only a couple games behind Dallas right now. AD being back hopefully starts to turn some of that around. You know, hopefully Russ. They're, they're, I do think they're going to have to make a trade, though. Something not with Russ necessarily. They're going to have to find a way to either get Jeremy Grant or one of these guys, which Jeremy I don't know. Jeremy Grant exactly said he is that. trying to be, like, the key focus on the team. That's what I'm hearing. I don't, <laughs> yo, I don't know what, he, what, what Jeremy Grant is trying to do. You wanted to get paid. You got paid on a terrible team in Detroit. Now you want to be the man, like you want to, you don't want to play, you know, second fiddle to LeBron and AD. Who who does Jeremy Grant think he is? He's a good player, but who does he like? You think he's a franchise player? I don't know. Really? So that'll be that'll be interesting. Maybe I don't know. I still feel I think the Lakers are going to recircle the Buddy Hill talks. Um, not reporting anything, just some some noise that I heard. But they're going to recircle that. Uh, to see if they could try to get their hands on them. And, but I, I don't see how that happens now that you traded all your assets to get Russ. And right. I don't think they're trading Russ. I'm not buying it. They're trading Walsh for John Wall. That's, that's, that makes no sense, trading Russ for John Wall. John Wall doesn't play basketball anymore. <laughs> like, he hasn't played in, in God knows, since last year. Or I wonder if John year. Wall wants to come back and play basketball. Because, I mean, he just seems pretty complacent for a guy who hasn't touched the court in right. a lot of years but right. I don't know him so I'm not saying he is I just it's something I wonder about yeah I, I I don't know the Lakers do have to do something if they're going to climb you know over that and I think I think Rob you know I'm hearing he's pitching THT and first round picks and Kendrick Nunn to try to get you know see what he can get out there I don't know how much that lands him considering the Lakers don't have a first rounder they could trade until 2027 mm-hmm how intriguing is that for, you know, a team who is trying to get the best or the most they can get for a Jeremy Grant or a Buddy Hield or Harrison Barnes maybe even in Sacramento because I know they're going to have a fire sale. So we'll, we'll see. But I think Minnesota, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Minnesota's stuck in that number seven spot and wrote it out because, again, even D'Angelo Russell, like this is the first time I saw him play live. That guy's like, it's almost he's almost mastered that little mid-range tight um shot and he's just so confident he had like 10 assists he had 20 and 10 and like six and it just looks so easy the game he doesn't really drive easy. a lot though it'd be good no. if he added that to his game some but yeah no you're right 
Yeah, he's a finesse player. He he doesn't want he doesn't want basket. He doesn't want to be at the basket. You know where he's gonna have to you know take some contact. He's gonna pull up every time right even before he crosses that free throw line. Hit that nice little floater or that nice little fall away shot. Or he's gonna get his guy down down low. You know, cat or the other guy. So I, I like what the Wolves have, and I'm intrigued to see where they can go from here. So I'm curious, um, you were around the team. So like, did it seem like Ant and Kat, like they have like a good rapport? Cause you know, when Jimmy was there, there were all these rumors, right? And so I think part of that, like their team chemistry may have been off, but you know, cause you've seen a couple of times now, like, I, I don't want to say calling him out, but like Ant saying things in his post game, like, yeah, I told Kat, like you got to do this. And, you know, kind of like, and I'm just wondering, like, right now, that's fine. But, like, over time, you know, I'm thinking of situations like LaMarcus Aldridge and Dame mm. in, 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 in Portland. And how even in a way, like, Kevin Durant was in OKC first, but then Russ came there and sort of became a little bit more beloved. And I'm wondering if any of that at all, at all impacts Kat or Will. Because it kind of does seem like mm. Ant is the one that's, like, you know... Yo, now that you said that, <laughs> you're good at this. Now that you said that, <laughs> this is crazy because I never even thought about all of that. Um, it, so I took a couple of videos at the game as well as some pictures. Um, and while I was running back the videos, I was doing a little bit of editing, things like that. Um, and maybe I was too in the moment. I did notice it, but I didn't make much of it at the game in real time. But um, there were people like heckling Kat. Like while he was at the free throw line, there were fans who sat not far behind us that were like saying things at Cat. Um, and I was like, I've never seen Wolves that happen. Fans? Wolves fans? That were saying things about Cat, like whether he it's being soft or something, something slick. And I was like, that's weird. But again, as I mentioned before, every time Ant touches the ball, it's like everybody's on their feet, like it's the national anthem or something. So I'm like, oh, it's kind of interesting. But I did notice um, when they were warming up, um, all the guys were out there. It was out there. Cat was like the last person to come out. Cat came out so late. And this is like right before game time, Matt. This is like, I've never seen nothing like this before, really, where it's about to be the national anthem and all the guys are out there getting shots up, you know, doing their little handshakes, whatever it is, dancing. Uh, it was so noticeable that the uh, my homegirl, Camille, who was with me, was like, yo, is Cat even here? Like, is he in the building? And right. I know he was in the building because I watched him warm up, but he went back in. And all the guys were out there, you know, goofing around, you know, and Cat was like the lone guy that I didn't notice. Um, but I was, I just thought, you know, that was common. Like maybe that's how Cat does. He goes back in and he comes out really late. But now I'm, maybe I'm overthinking you analyzing the whole. And look, I don't know. It's so hard. Cause I mean, he's not a player that I follow closely. I know that people think he's sort of soft and, you know, I can't say I follow him closely, but you know, it's hard because now when things happen, like, I don't know, like, it's like, I mean, he did deal with a lot. He went through like very tragic circumstances. So I'm sure that's not something you get over in a day. So it's like, mm -hmm. I just, I just don't know. But, you know, I remember LaMarcus Aldridge, it seems to be a little bit of jealousy there, you know, with Dame that like Dame kind of like became the man. And I don't know, he didn't like really want to be there anymore. And so, um, <laughs> I, I just don't, I just wonder like right now it might be all good, but like if over time that could create an issue because I think chemistry 
among the team, like the players, was definitely something that maybe hurt them in the past. Because when Jimmy came, they I think that they went to the postseason that year is it once or twice because I know one time he got like hurt but they made it but it was just like all this conflict and tension it seemed between you know them so I just I'm wondering Mm, I'll tell you this it's definitely Ant's team based on (laughs) the aura of the of Minnesota like everything which is wild because like Kat you're there and you were kind of like the franchise guy right like yeah that's you know jerseys i walk in there all the jerseys are anthony edwards jerseys number one i'm like where's 32 what is going on and again cat just seems like i don't know you, you're right he did go through a lot and i watched him like i kept looking at him because even when he made big plays there's not a lot of emotion coming out of him maybe he's just like in a point where he just doesn't really care about you know being too rah-rah but and one plays you know he's like he'll do his little flexing but it's just so monotone right and even like there was a point where he got into it with somebody and he just kind of turned around and walked off. And I'm like, what's going cat? Like yeah, he's definitely not a man. number one option. He's not. Like he just that personality. Um, yeah. but he's an incredible player. And so no, definitely a talented player. Um I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see, I think, and watch things play out there. So they were playing the the Nets, right? And you mm-hmm. had a lot of like commentary about Kyrie I saw it on Instagram I saw it on um love Kyrie Twitter. so I'm just like are you just a big Kai fan or is this also like like was he just so remarkable that night or the combination of both a combination of both I love Kyrie Irving he's one of my favorite players in the entire league um it hates it pains me to see all the stuff that's going on around him as far as like the whole vaccine because I hate getting into all that stuff yo it, it was, I'm such a big Kyrie guy, Nat, that I almost reacted to some hecklers a couple rows behind me going at Kyrie. And I don't know, how do players zone out and leave, like, how do they, like, we're sitting literally right, we're, we sat right behind the, um, the, the Nets bench. There were people a couple rows behind us screaming things. That, I don't know if I can hear it, Kyrie could hear it, because he's standing, like, right. two feet away from me. And I'm just like, how like he's he's not even looking like they're saying things like Kyrie I want to see your vax card or since you're you you this um who invented COVID or they're just saying weird things at him in like very nasty tone and I like I I turn around I'm like yo I caught myself not reacting in the moment because I'm like yo just let the man play basketball like he's here to play ball he's not here to do all that other stuff but yes I'm a used Kyrie guy so first time I see Kyrie in person I was definitely like just fascinated to be around them. Oh, this is your first time watching him in person. First time watching him in person. Okay. Um, the last time I went, he, he it was in Barclays, but he he doesn't play at Barclays, so I couldn't I couldn't um I couldn't see him. But Kyrie and this this that he is such a marksman. He is I've never seen pacing like him by a point guard before. Kyrie comes up the court so calm. He never, I feel like he's never taken a bad shot. Maybe I'm crazy because I was just too (laughs) overwhelmed by what I was watching, but he is just so crafty. Like Anthony Edwards spent a lot of time guarding him um, and Kyrie's just like putting him into some moves and then he pulls up and then he came down the court one time from like 25 feet, took a three point. I'm like, everyone's like, you're not Steph. Somebody screamed, you're not Steph Curry. And then nets it. 
And I'm like, yo, he doesn't take bad shots. Like, he's calculated. He sees the game as it develops, but he also sees, like, two, three steps ahead. It has to be because he's not overly athletic. How is he able to be so crafty and so skilled and do what he does, getting into the lane, finishing left and right hands and things like that? So, yes, I'm a huge Kyrie fan, but that man is really, really, like, he's mastered, like, how you play the sport, at least on the offensive end. I'll say that. So how did he look with the team? I mean, he's only playing with them like on um, away games, but how did he look with the team playing out there with James and, and everyone else? James Harden seems like he's on his own planet right now. I'm starting to believe the reports that he wants out because he just looks so distant from everybody. Like, okay, he's not even like smiling. I don't, I, I didn't see him smile the entire time. Like every, and Kyrie and everybody else though seem fairly fine. Like they're, you know, he comes out, the guys are giving him dap. I see him talking. He has a lot of conversation. I posted a video clip on my Instagram of him having an extended conversation with LaMarcus, who was not, LaMarcus played terrible. He missed, like, every shot that LaMarcus makes in his sleep. That 15, 20-footer. I know, that's terrible. crazy. Because he's he actually was, been pretty good for them this year. He's been very good for them. But he yeah. had a rough game, and Kyrie had to, like, talk to him because he picked up a bad foul from frustration, and Kyrie pulled him aside. Um, during a timeout and I recorded that entire encounter and I'm like this is like Kyrie being a little leader out there doing his thing the players seem to not care at all about the outside noise uh, but that James Harden stuff that stuff might start to those reports are coming out from credible sources and you know the looks of it from what I saw it just looks like he don't want to be there James Harden looks like he does not want to be there man and I don't know what it is like Maybe so what like what happened in that game? I didn't get to watch it because the Wolves won, right? Was it a close game? It was a close game at first. The, the 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 Wolves blew them out in the second half. And so what did you see? Like what were the Wolves doing that like they were struggling with? The Wolves were getting stops and they were pushing the ball. So every time James Harden didn't play well at all. I don't even remember how many he scored, but he didn't play well. Um, he picked up a technical. He got into it with. Forgot Buddy's name. He got into it with some dude on the Wolves. I think it was Nowell, actually, now that I think about it. And he kept grilling the dude like he was like he didn't want the dude to keep talking. The dude was yapping at him after Anthony Edwards got an and one. Um, and James Harden was frustrated and got a tech because he pushed the dude. He actually shoved him. Um, but the Wolves, early on, Kyrie was cooking, which is why I was like, I was like, yo, this dude is different. He was cooking, keeping him in the game. It was a very close game up until like halftime. I think halftime, the Wolves were up like nine or 11. Second half, they were just getting stops and running the floor. And then Anthony Edwards went on like an 8-0 run by himself. The place freaking blew up. Um, they what, what I noticed was they were just pushing. They were exposing Blake Griffin and, and pick and roll. Um, what do you call him? Ant was putting him in a pick and roll every time and just going to the basket. And Blake didn't have the foot speed to stay with him. And then Cat. Cat got going down low. They started feeding Cat. It was like an overall, overall. They had no run. answer for him either. I'm yeah, sure. It was just like an overall second half. Like they just came out and said, let's put these guys away. And then D'Angelo just was remarkable. It seemed like he didn't miss. He had 20 and 10 and 6. Um, just How was in- the um, Nets defense that night? I mean, it sounded like not very good. Not very good. No, they were not very good. They couldn't stop anybody. D'Lo was getting to that elbow every time. That little elbow at the free throw, I'm like, how you know what he's going to do? He was getting there every time. And anytime he got the ball, he was either fouled or going at the basket, successfully finishing. He was hitting step back threes. I'm like, yo, this is what I'm like. And like, is I know he's great. 
I didn't know he was like this polished player already in year two. You know, he has some games where he's not like that, but he has more games than not where he's like doing what you you saw. So he's getting there. Right. No, the Nets defense definitely, I mean, Bruce Brown, he he didn't play much, but when he got on the court, they were just, they were, they were doing a number on him, which is weird because he's known for defense. So again, they're just putting these guys in pick and rolls. And then D'Lo was just, every time they met D'Lo off the screen, he would dish it down the cap and it would be buckets. So I think the Nets man, not having KD there definitely hurt. I didn't expect him to win that game without KD. But I also didn't expect James Harden to not play as well as he did. But that's kind of crazy to me still. Like, I, you know, I just don't think, I don't think, I understand that, like, not having a player that you're playing, like, $30 million to whatever, however much Kyrie makes, like, in the lineup all the time. I understand, like, why that's devastating, like, generally speaking. But I really, truly don't understand why. Kevin Durant and James Harden should not be enough to like, like they should not like be, you know, before it was like, oh, we had Kyrie, you know, now Kevin Durant's out. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like Steph doesn't even have a second person who can like do that. And like, they're finding ways to win without Draymond, you know, the Suns, they keep winning, whether, you know, Booker goes down, anyone else goes down. Like to me, I feel like people are giving the Nets a pass, like when like Katie or Kyrie's out, like you still have two out of three really great scorers there. Like they should not, it like, you know, like when I've heard Kyrie wasn't going to be there for the season, I was like, the Nets should still be considered contenders. Like, yeah, you know, I was and, like, there's no way, there's no way they're winning without Kyrie Irving. No, they're not. But like that's to me, that's like a fault in the structure of their team because it shouldn't be the case. That's not to take away how great Kyrie is. What I'm saying, you shouldn't need all three of those guys at that level. Like you're talking about, right? Like one top five player, a top ten player in Harden. And like, I don't know if Harden's still top 10, man. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to still, I'm going to still give him top 10 because like he still had some games like that. And I don't take away status. Like, you know, like if I give credence to the idea that he was still recovering from the hamstring, which some people say, right. Mm -hmm. If I give that credence, I don't really, but I'm saying I'm going to give that (laughs) credence. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't think that I'm ready to move him out of the top 10. Even if I do, what is it going to be like top 15? I mean, he's still a top player, right? right? And you have Kyrie Irving who, I mean, he hasn't played. So it's hard to know where you ranked him, but I always had Kyrie like sitting right outside of the top 10, also a top 15 player. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, most teams don't have that level of talent. Like is book even a top 15 player debatable, debatable, Devin? Devin Booker. Oh, you're trying to start. You're trying to start something. I'm not. You think Devin Booker's top 15? He's not top I, 10. I, I used no, I don't think he's top 10. I think 15. He could argue that right now. I think he could argue. Right, that's that. what I said. It's debatable. But that's right. what I mean. He's not like clear cut, but that's their best player. I mean, some people would say it's Chris Paul. I disagree. But... I still think it's Chris Paul. Okay. I, I, I I'll listen, I'm back and forth. Let's it doesn't it matter. Way. But neither yeah. one of them are top 10 yeah. guys right now in, no, in this no. stage of their career. Right. 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 And they have the best record in the league, right? Um, Draymond is a great player, right? Amazing defender, but like he can't score like those guys can, right? Like he can't, 
you know, Clay hasn't been there for most of the season, right? right? And so, of course, you have Andrew and like and 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 Pool kicking in, but like, are is James Harden a better player than Pool and like, you know, Wiggins? Yes, he is. Like, what are we doing? So, I, I think, think it's about fit. I think it's about fit. Those guys have a different role. James Harden, his role, as we assume, is to go out there and carry a team and get buckets. And I don't think he could do that anymore because the rules also have hurt him. I watched him drive a lot. I agree. And I agree with all of that. He's got the the picture that I posted with him in traffic. That that he would get that call. He didn't get that call. There was contact, and you know. I agree. I the rules changes definitely hurt him, and that's why I always thought like the way people like went crazy about him. And I'm like, this guy's heavily reliant on fouls. Like, Mm -hmm. was always a knock I had against him, but. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, he's an MVP. Kevin Durant's an MVP. I just, I, I just think Giannis is getting it done. And who's his second best player? Kevin Middleton, who's good. But again, what is he, is he top 15 even? Like, this is what I'm saying. Like all of these guys are getting it done. And we're not like saying like, like the, the Nets have three really top players and we're saying like, oh, because they're missing one of them, it's a problem when other people are getting it done with less is really my point. Yeah, no, it's more it's it's more than KD because their defense right now, even with KD, they can't stop it. I went, I attended the, the, the Spurs game a couple Sundays ago at Barclays. That game went to overtime with the Spurs who doesn't, who don't have a lot of offensive firepower and the Spurs um, are a pretty good team, though, too. They're another head. one whose record I don't think fully reflects where they are. Reflects on their – yo, so the Nets' defense is a problem. I'm looking at the box score right now. Everybody in the um, in the Timberwolves starting lineup scored at least 14 points. And, you know, Edwards, Ant had 25. Cat had 23. D'Lo had 23, actually, not 20. Um, McDaniels had 14. And Vanderbilt, who had the lowest, had nine. But Torian Prince had 15 points. And two three-pointers. Um, now, who I was talking about, had 16 points. They don't guard. The Nets don't guard the three. And they don't have a true big who can really maneuver down low. Is it Claxton? Can he do that? But they don't play him enough. And they that's their that problem. Score. They wanted to outscore everyone. That's how they wanted to win, Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I don't know if it's going to work, like, because they can't get stops on defense. Like They're not very good. Left and right. Right, right now, they're very talented, but they're not very good as a team right, right now. And so we'll it's see. Consistent. It's really consistent. I agree. So, okay, so we're about to play them. We, as in the Warriors, play the the, the Wolves and then the Nets. So it's uh-huh. today's Wednesday. So we play the Wolves Thursday and the Nets Saturday. Both, at, both, at, both at Golden State. Okay. Right? So... Um, this is a dreadless version of the Warriors. Um, I don't, I don't anticipate honestly getting Dre back before all-star break. Like they said, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, which is coming up, but I just, it's a back injury. It's a diss. They want to be cautious. I just, I don't think it's happening. So it's, it's a dreadless Warriors. Um, and it's, thankfully none of these games are back to back. So provided that Clay doesn't have knee soreness he'll play same with Otto because right now neither one of them play back-to-backs so basically you have the full complement of the squad minus Draymond and and maybe minus Andre he has been in and out a lot um so 
based on that, what do you think about, like, let's talk about Mini first going up against the Warriors. So right now, the the, the regular season series is 1-1. Um, we got the first one in a close game. Second game, Steph and Dre weren't there, so blowout. Um, so now they're coming to Golden State. No Dre, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's going to probably create some problems with, like, Carl Towns. I was going to say. Um I mean, it's a problem even regardless. Not that, like, Dre can't handle it, but, you know, um, there's only so much Loon can do. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be another big night for 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 Ann Edwards, but I think you can maybe, I don't know, because Gary Payton is, you can probably put Gary Payton out there on him and see if he can, like, give him some problems. But I don't know. It's an interesting matchup. The, the Wolves are good. I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I don't mm-hmm. think it's an easy game even if Draymond's playing, so I don't think it's going to be, like, an easy game by any stretch. So mm-hmm. just based on, like, the team you just saw and, like, what they were doing well, and, again, what you, your knowledge of the Warriors, what, what do you think about that matchup? It's a good matchup. It's interesting. Anytime you get, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Wiggs against, you know, Golden State, I mean, against Minnesota, it seems like he wants to turn into Andrew Jordan. Um, so <laughs> I, I like it for that matter. And I, I think the fact that Andrew talked that ish that he talked after the last game when he, you know, postered Cat, I think that's going to bring some, you know, some incentives for Cat to try to prove Andrew it ain't sweet if they ever cross at the... Brenner well, he sort of did that in the last game where they blew us out because Andrew did play, but he didn't okay. have the benefit of, like, step out Because I there thought Andrew him. was, okay, you okay. All right. So, I, yeah, I think, again, I don't think that, you know, was resolved in whatever the last game was. I think Kat is no. not going to forget somebody no. saying, yeah, I went into you, I, I came down the lane and I embarrassed you um, with the chip on his shoulder, right? And, again, I think Ant is a problem for any team. Like you mentioned, Gary Payton is... One of the best defenders that I've seen in the NBA right now, as far as like, he is so, his feet, his foot speed is just unbelievable. But why he is he our best pop. lob threat? And he's so small. He's so <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, he didn't get it from Pops because Pops wasn't jumping like that. That man is flying. Did you see the joke that he made? He like kind of insinuated like, mm, I'm not sure this is really my son. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yo, I'm not sure like, I might need a DNA test because I don't jump like that. And, you know, your dad was an all-timer, but he wasn't that athletic. But Gary Payton, you know, the second is a high flyer. And, again, he's a great defender. He has great hands as far as, like, you know, getting steals and his feet. He stays in front of defenders. Um, But Ant, like, Ant, from what I saw, um, he's able to use his body. Like, he's a big body frame. He uses that size very well, especially when driving to the basket to frame defenders away from getting to the ball to block it. And he draws fouls. Ant was at the line a lot the other night. Um, so I think it's going to be a very good matchup. I think what which Steph do we get? Do we get the declining Steph? I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> do we get the declining Steph per Warriors Twitter? Or does Steph have one of those chase games where, you know, he likes the world on fire and we're all just like, wow, he's doing it again. Yeah, see, the thing is, I don't know that it really matters, Um so much I mean I always think it's obviously better if he's shooting efficiently but I think with Dre out Steph's focus is really more on being a traditional point guard right and so you know obviously usually whenever Dre's out you see his assist totals go up and he's really like focused on making sure he's like setting up other players and getting them involved which he always does but he does it with his 
typically with his off ball movement, right? right? With his gravity. And now he's doing it by like, you know, passing him the ball and, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I think if you can make sure that you have Poole going and you, you have Andrew going, you know, then it'll probably be like a really competitive game. Um, we had no answers for, for um, Aunt Edwards the first time we played. <laughs> and then the second time there was like no answer for Kat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it'll be interesting. And then we won one and we lost one. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I expect Kaminga to get some, 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 have you seen, did you see that yeah. dunk Kaminga had? I liked, I, liked, I liked him since actually summer league when he came out and was like balling. I liked Kaminga a lot. So yeah, I did. I did see him. So I think possibly Kaminga could be a difference maker. You might put him, you know, on one of those guys and see, probably not Amp, but maybe you can like put him out there, you know, with cross hounds. I'm not sure. Um, Cause he fouls a lot, but he's so strong. So he does have the ability <laughs> to bother people defensively and we've yeah. watched him do it. So we'll see. But I think, I think Kaminga could be key in this matchup um, just with us missing Dre and needing like, you know, some, someone that gives a different look. So we'll see if Kerr decides he wants to play him. Kerr is curring right now. So, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, and so the Nets, now that, like, you know, we've had some Kyrie Steph duels before in the past, um, and we haven't had one anytime recently, and I don't know that we will, because, like, right now, I honestly don't know what version of Steph I'm getting, so, um, but I think they both get up for that matchup against one another. I think they do, so, um, but the, the defensive issues of the, the Nets still remain. And the Warriors are actually still a good defensive team without Trey. They don't play defense consistently as good when he's not there. And obviously they don't play it to the historic level when he's there, but they're still a good defensive team even without him. So um, I could see them like giving the Nets some problems. You guys are going to kill the Nets. Kill them? Yes. Without... (laughs) So, so you Kevin think Durant, the Wolves will be competitive, but the Nets were going to kill? Yes. Yeah. The, okay. the Wolves just smacked the Nets. The, the Nets right now, again, their defense is bad. And they have no Kevin Durant to add to that firepower on offense. So, they're really relying on Patty Mills, who had a pretty decent game, and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And from what I watched, the other, James Harden just does not look interested in playing for that team. Now, I'm t- like, it was I, weird. I believe you. I believe you. It's too many reports coming out for there not to be some truth to it. Yeah, and that's when I started saying, wow, he really looks like I I don't usually believe reports unless it comes from like Shams because Shams ain't capping or like Woj or something like that. And even those, like I'll have to like check in with like some of the guys that I know around the league. But like with that, I saw that I was like, yo, he doesn't look like, like I saw James Harden from the moment he got out of the hotel because the, the Wolves practice facility is at the hotel that um, that all the players stay at. So they have the hotel, the practice facility, even for the Wolves and the Lynx, it's in the same place. So that's where opposing teams also stay in that hotel. I'm sitting in, you know, just hanging out, waiting in the lobby. James Harden comes out you know, with some teammates. And he's just like, guys are joking. He's just like all serious. I'm just like, it was just weird. I'm like, all right, I get it. He's locked in, you know, pregame. 
And then all the reports started to come out. I'm like, about him not liking, you know, the situation, whether it's Steve Nash or how Kyrie plays offense. I'm like, yo, it's like, it, it makes sense. He doesn't look happy. He just doesn't look happy. You know, but this is like starting to be a pattern with James Harden, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, he didn't want to be in Houston. So then it's like the body language and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, I don't care because I clown him and, you know, I'm not a, <laughs> a, a, a James Harden fan, but like that's also like problematic like you are still there you're on the team like you're mm-hmm. expected to like help them so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out kevin is not coming back anytime soon so no. they okay. need to figure it out or they could take like i mean right now they have a cushion so that yeah. they you know but they could slip if they just keep losing games so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the nets um yeah, i'm looking forward to both move. games though We'll get. Are you going to both games? You said no, no, no. I'm not. I'm just. Saying oh, I was going to say you. Them. You fly back out. No, 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 no. <laughs> Looking forward to watching them on TV. <laughs> I think we'll definitely get the Kyrie Steph duel. Steph is going to get up for that game, and we know Kyrie's going to get up for that game, especially. I in hope some so. Chance. I would like I to see that. I think we'll I haven't seen that. my Steph in a while. I still appreciate this Steph, but we haven't seen Steph Steph in a while, and. Yeah, I actually still think, I mean, people may think it's crazy and this could be the fan of me, but I actually think as long as he like, like at some point this season, if it's like a month and a half, whatever, just like goes on a little run and does like what he did last year and puts up those numbers, he's going to put himself right back in the MVP conversation. I was, gonna, I was just going to ask you that. Do you think he's played himself out of that? I don't. I think, well, because I think. Look, some voters are silly, but like the voters are like many of them are very smart and. I've seen a lot of them saying like, look, like it doesn't look like Steph's normal numbers, but Mm -hmm. the impact is still there. Like all the numbers show, like they're abysmal without him off the court. Mm -hmm. There's the, even with this shooting slump, like, I think like it's only gone down like maybe by one point or two, like Mm -hmm. in terms of like what they are on without him off. And you'd attribute the offense dipping really to him specifically, not like, the team overall so um I think there are a lot of voters who look at that and so and I've seen some people so some people are still like they have him in top five three four and so all it takes is like just like last year Steph wasn't in the MVP conversation most of the year that's why I kind of laugh when people say like oh well last year's the same thing with Jokic no no Jokic has kind of been like discussed all year Steph was not in the conversation until the end of the season when he went on that 15 to win 15 out of 20 games run. And that elevated him to third. So I don't like when you're already in the conversation at the beginning of the season and your team is a two seed, I think it's very easy to like insert himself back in there. I just don't know if he plans to, to, to do that. You know, I I say that because just the way he speaks, I really think Steph is very focused on making sure the team is ready for the playoffs and it it might be at the expense of him getting an MVP. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately you want to win rings. So that's a sacrifice you make. Right. I think the only thing that keeps the Nets in the game within 10 points is Kyrie in that duel. They better hope for that duel that Kyrie takes it personal. We know, we know Chase, right? And we know Chase. Chase is going to be acting a fool. They're going to be wilding at, at, at Kyrie about the whole... They could. Chase is not thing. as, like, great as Oracle, but they, you know, if you give them something to cheer for, they will, so... Right. Um, right. It should be... I hope it's good. I hope it's good. I would love to see that, but we'll see. 
Yeah. Well, listen, Sean, thank you for being on. I appreciate you so much. This was a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Guys, make sure you follow Sean. Check out his work. He's so dope. You you got to experience him, so you know. Um, I'll be looking forward to um, the, the content with Buzzer. So I'm so happy for you, my friends. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you, man. It means a lot. This was a really dope talk we talk all the time on twitter but to actually sit down and just you know break yeah. things down and hear that and see that and all this stuff this was pretty cool i appreciate you asking me to come on definitely thank you all right take care you until too. next time guys make sure you follow subscribe do all the things you need to do download support content creators we appreciate it take care until next time later